As a writer, I started journaling as soon as I could pick up a pen. In 2010, I decided to journal in a much more public way by creating my blog, MSThing.com. That's what said is an extension of my blog and what I like to consider a weekly peek into my personal journals. As someone who's always had a knack for making the ordinary extraordinary, each week you can expect to hear all about what the hell I've been doing, what I'm reading, watching, and listening to, and plenty of opinions and asides along the way. Consider me your office bestie you don't hang out with outside of work, but love to catch up with. Welcome to That's What He Said. Hello, party people, and welcome back to another episode of That's What He Said with me, and this thing. I'm coming to you live from my pseudo podcasting recording room that also serves as Zach's office and our home gym and a storage room and everything else you can think of under the sun. I'm sitting in my special chair that Zach actually got specifically for me for his office because he has to plug in a lot after hours and he wanted me to have a comfortable a comfortable big ass chair to sit in and keep him company. And lo and behold, it only took me, how many months has it been? Uh, like eight months. But I finally realized that this is also like a really good space to record a podcast in instead of having to sit in my sad, well, my closet's not sad, but it's just, it's just really cramped and it's dark. Speaking of my closet, though, I have decided that after I record this today, I am going to do my seasonal purge. Um, Every time that the season changes, I make it a point to go into my closet and, you know, take note of what I didn't wear or touch the for the season that just passed and uh, get rid of it. And it really reminds me of last week's episode with Emily All when she was talking about closet cleanouts and saying that, you know, we we self-inflict this guilt on ourselves about getting rid of clothes that we spent money on and either didn't end up wearing or literally only wore it one time and now we don't want anything to do with it. And I loved what she had to say about that. She said that keeping it in your closet like holding on to it when you know good and well that you don't you're never gonna wear it again is not saving you money like the money you spent you're never gonna get it back that money is gone so what is the point in holding on to it you know it's not like it's getting more valuable as the time passes it's just taking up space in your closet and probably making you feel shitty about yourself and or just not at all excited about your options and getting dressed and we're not here for that so that will be my frame of mind when I go to clean out my closet in just a little bit but until then welcome to episode 37 I know that I say this a lot but I really really want and know that this episode is going to be a lot shorter than any of us are used to because honestly, you guys, my mind is so focused on the wedding that I don't really have a lot to update you on. Like I said last week, it's like Zach and I aren't doing anything until the wedding. So right now, as I'm recording, we're 18 days away and 
the only social plan that we have between now and then is popping into Merritt's Texas OU party uh, the weekend before our wedding and also taking my parents to dinner the weekend before our wedding. But other than that, that is it. And that is how it has to be because I do not have the mental capacity to be social or handle anything really outside of the house right now unless I'm like running an errand or returning something. Speaking of returning something, I will get into the actual like part one in a second, but I had been debating something for the wedding for the past couple of months and I can't talk about what it is because I don't want to give anything away, but it has been such a venture of buying and returning that I I can't wait to be able to divulge to you guys what it has been that I'm trying to do. And I just like, I'll say this, I cannot believe that I'm not blacklisted on Revolve at this point. Like the amount of things that I've ordered and returned over the past month and a half has been obscene. And um, oh my God, it's just been like this completely unnecessary stressor that I pretty much brought on myself, but I think I am finally coming to a conclusion and we will talk more about that post-wedding. So for now, let's get right into part one of what the hell I've been doing. So last week, Zach went out of town for exactly one evening and while he was gone, I went to my best friend Whitney's new place. She, her and her husband, just moved to this like high-rise condo um, in a different part of Dallas than where she's been. She's always been like literally two minutes down the road from me. But, you know, this isn't that much further away. It's just different. And it's so, I mean, it's a total upgrade from where she was. And it was so great to see her in that space. And her bump is growing by the day. She is almost 20 weeks pregnant. It's just, it's so cool to have a front seat to witness. And um, anyway, so she was kind enough to make dinner for us and we hung out and caught up and that was my Thursday night. And then Friday, I picked up my wedding dress. So you guys, I was really nervous. I was really nervous because I will say that my wedding dress, it's a plunge neckline. And um, some things had to be adjusted with that. And the last time that I was in there, I just, you know, I have a really hard time visualizing the final, the final of anything. Like I'm just, I don't know. I've always struggled with my visualization, uh, my visualization, I guess. And so... I was really nervous when I went to Altered by the Altar to pick it up last Friday. And Whitney actually um, ended up coming with me, which was so lovely. I'm just so glad that someone was there. I didn't want my mom to be there because I want her to get like the full final effect on uh, the wedding day. But anyway, and so I put the dress on and it turned out so perfect. And I was in shock and just like, gasped at myself in the mirror and I will say that like if your wedding dress doesn't make you feel like that it's not your wedding dress keep looking because holy shit I was just like 
I can't even believe how I look. I cannot wait to wear this. I never want to take it off. This is amazing. So that was a huge relief that all the alterations turned out really well. And I was able to take the dress home with me. So it is in my house right now, which is pretty fucking crazy. I'm literally not touching it until October 15th because God forbid, I just know myself God forbid I get something on it. I don't even know you guys. Like the the most absurd thing would happen to me if I were to even like unzip the bag. So I'm not going to be unzipping the bag. Um, and then Zach got back on Friday night. He got back pretty damn late. Um, his flight landed like right before nine. And he was all the way out at uh, the Dallas Fort Worth International Airport, which is like, you know, 30 ish minutes 30 maybe a little more than that I don't really know from where I am and so I went and picked him up and we had a very late dinner at El Braco which I have mentioned on here before Zach had never been and I just really wanted to take him so I made us a 945 reservation and it was still so freaking crowded when we walked in at like 10 to 10 and the uh our server let us know that they seat their last table at like, uh, they close at 11, but I think they seat their last table at 11. Like they will take customers up until then and like stay open, which is pretty phenomenal. You don't really hear that much anymore. But um, Zach got to experience the magic that is El Braco and he loved it. I mean, what's not to love? It's so good. So good, in fact, that I made a reservation for the weekend before the wedding to take my parents there as like a thank you for the wedding and um, just to have like that, you know, little intimate moment between the four of us before wedding festivities kick off. Saturday, uh, Saturday, we did not leave the house more or less. Um, We woke up and I worked out and we had football on all day. And we spent the majority of the afternoon stringing together all this fake wisteria that Zach ordered for our wedding uh, decor. He ordered like three boxes. It's so dang much. Um, And, you know, in talking to our florist about our vision, she was like, okay, so what I would do would be to take, you know, like three or four of these stems at a time and basically like bunch them together and then I can like you know place them as I see fit for what you guys are wanting and she was like I can do it but like it's gonna cost you extra for labor so like if you guys are down to sort of have like a DIY element then I would suggest that we were like hell yeah we'll do that so we just were like sitting in the blue room all afternoon with the dogs stringing together a bunch of fake uh, flowers. And we did a really good job. We got one box knocked out. And by the looks of it and how much it created, I think we're only going to have to do two out of the three boxes. So that's exciting. And then Saturday evening, I made some really fresh margaritas for us. And we ordered pizza from Zalot. And we watched Moulin Rouge because Zach had never seen it. And I... I don't know. I just was like, I think tonight is the night that we watch it. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Like I very vividly remember being in the theater in 2001, seeing this movie 
it's it was like nothing I had ever seen before. You know, I was 14 and at the height of my drama, uh, my theater kid, drama kid career in junior high and just thought it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen in my entire life and didn't stop singing the soundtrack for God knows how many years. I still do. And Zach really enjoyed it a lot. And I just, it's been 21 years and I still fucking cry every time, even though like the story is pretty ridiculous and, you know, very like you have to really stretch the imagination. It still just gets me every damn time. Then on Sunday, Six months ago, Zach very randomly bought tickets to the Cirque du Soleil show in uh, Fort Worth. And so we had that to do. It was like a matinee show at one o'clock in Fort Worth. And so we went up there um, like an hour before the show so we could eat. And that will be a whole story in the next segment. And we saw Cirque du Soleil. The show is called Ovo and it's about bugs and insects I mean it doesn't really matter like what what these shows are about per se it's just like watching these incredible gymnasts and acrobats do amazing things and we saw some crazy shit y'all also because it was a matinee there were so many kids there which was freaking adorable they were just so excited and there was like lots of screaming and yeah, I mean, it was fantastic. Like, I can't even imagine how good the love one is that's based off of Beatles songs. That is like, I would buy tickets to that in a freaking second. I just could not, like the whole time I was just in awe of how these people move. Like, I don't understand. And they make it look so fucking easy. Like, it just was crazy. There was w- this one point, this woman she had contorted her body so uh, she was folded where her ass was literally sitting on top of her head and she was hands free and literally biting on to this like I don't even know what to balance her it was fucking nuts so um so yeah that was our afternoon in Fort Worth and then we made it back to Dallas and then decided on a whim to go to Hudson House for dinner. And if you follow me on Instagram, you saw the whole thing about how there was a family there playing Go Fish at the table. And then and then they moved into playing Uno and they were like shouting Uno when they got Uno. And it was this whole thing on my stories like, you know, it my initial reaction was I was bothered. I mean, they weren't bothering me or Zach, but it was just like the principle of it. Like, you know, Hudson House is, it's while it's casual, it's still like, you know, a step above, like several steps above like a Chili's or an Applebee's or something like that. And they were all dressed really nice. And just the principle that like these kids who seem to be between like, 10 to 12. I don't know. I really have no idea how old they were, you know, had to be entertained like that with a card game and couldn't just like sit and be with their families and make conversation. And, you know, I I don't know. I don't know. I, the main response that I got was, um, mostly you guys were like, I'd rather they be playing a card game than be on their phones or tablets, which like, 
yes, I didn't think about that. But like, of course, like I know what a huge problem that is. And so, yeah, like always card games over electronics. Um, And then, you know, some people were like, you don't get it. You don't have kids, which completely agree with like who who fucking knows what kind of tactics we're going to pull out of our asses when we have kids, when we just want to have like a nice dinner. But I guess like my point in being uh, uh, like bothered by it is just that I hope that we raise kids who can go to a nicer dinner with us on a Sunday night and don't feel the need to have to be entertained with extra games or toys or their phones or anything like that and can just sit with us and talk about our weekend and talk about the week coming up and, you know, just uh, be a family. I don't know. I mean, again, I don't have kids. I'm sure many of you are scoffing right now, like, just you wait and see. And like, yeah, probably I will. I'm going to wait and see. And I'm sure I'll be putting my foot in my mouth. But that was just my POV for the evening. So this week, you know, I'm really trying hard to get ahead of work. So by the end of this week, I feel almost totally caught up. And there's nothing like looming overhead. So I can clear my mind and like, wholly give in to um, the wedding being the only thing that I'm thinking about or working on or talking about and all of that. Um, I think I can do it. I really do. So we'll see how that goes. Updates with my piercings. Um, Again, Instagram drama this weekend. I got this cartilage piercing in July. And I know, I know that cartilage piercings are infamous for taking fucking forever to heal, like literally up to a year and then some. But I guess what it comes down to is that I, I don't have the patience for it. Like I do not have the time to be tending to such a touchy piercing that literally it was still so fucking tender. There's really no avoiding like it not being messed with like even if you're so careful it's like you're going to brush against it when you don't mean to you're going to sleep on it when you're trying your best to sleep on the other side if you use shampoo and conditioner and hair product like it's probably going to find its way to that piercing it's just it's very high maintenance and it was really painful and i was starting to get a keloid which is basically like a bump of scar tissue so Zach and I decided I should take it out and that happened on Sunday night and it was very bloody. It was a scene. Um, There was a lot of cussing. There was some screaming. You know, it's it's like a screw in earring. So Zach had to literally use tweezers to like anchor the back of it so I could twist it loose from the front. Zach tried to twist it himself and the earring went into my ear. I went into a full fucking panic, like full body sweat. We got it out though, eventually, and it's healing right now. And I'm just, you know, cleaning it daily and kind of switching between like Neosporin and tea tree oil. I got so many messages from followers about basically how to, how to tend to it. Um, so hopefully I'm doing all the right things and I'm, you know, I am, I'm really bummed because I want to be one of those cool girls who has like really unique 
piercings like all over her ear but I it's it seems like the only kind of piercings I can have are on my lower lobe because those actually heal the three cartilage piercings that I have gotten I've taken all of them out I will say that through all y'all's messages I did get a handful of people who were saying that it's the only way to pierce like with an like a new piercing is with titanium and it's not cute but piercing with real metal like gold um is a lot of the time like that's why it doesn't heal and so while wild like has all of this like really fine fancy jewelry to pierce your ear with I'm starting to think that like maybe that's not the way to go about it so I don't think I'll be attempting another piercing for a long time but it was just good information to have if I do decide to brave another one also since last week I have been on this intermittent fasting and whole foods um, way of life and it's going really well like I'm seeing results, I can feel them, I can visibly see them. It's not easy though. It, I, it's, it's, the whole, eating whole foods actually is easier than you'd think because all the rumors are true that when you start to eat like that, your body starts to crave that. And I can absolutely say that is what I'm experiencing. Um, intermittent fasting, you know, it's just, it's not for the faint of heart. And I do want to be clear that my trainer, Megmo, this was not at her recommendation at all. Like she, she actually doesn't ever recommend intermittent fasting and she doesn't really love it, but she knows that it works for me when I'm like really putting my mind to it. So she's okay with that. But, you know, I just found it's very, it's effective for me because when you get down to brass tacks, it's like an automatic, it automatically puts you in a calorie deficit. Like, and in case anyone doesn't know what it is or needs like a refresher, intermittent fasting is when you essentially fast for a window and then eat within a certain window. And there's all different ways that you can do it. But the most popular one is 16 hours of fasting and then eight hours of eating. So for me, the schedule that I'm on is I am eating between noon and 8 p.m. every day. Like anything I'm going to eat for the day is between that eight hour window. And then, you know, from 8 p.m. until noon the next day, I'm fasting. And like, of course, sleep takes up the majority of that, which is lovely. So it's like essentially it's skipping breakfast and then also ensuring that you're not eating a super late dinner and you're not snacking after dinner so right there like that's going to have an effect on you of course like there are many other reasons to do intermittent fasting besides weight loss I mean the biggest reason that people do it or like it's you know suggested to people to do it from their own doctors and nutritionists and all of that is because it has everything to do with like the glucose levels in your body, all the sugar. And so there's so many different articles that you can read about it, but it works to lower your glucose levels essentially. And it gives your body so much more time to really break all of that down and use it as energy rather than storing it as fat. 
Um, so your body has a good 16 hours to like really digest everything in the right way instead of just like continuously eating throughout the day and like stopping whenever. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm doing it during the week. Like I do it Monday through Thursday for sure. Um, and then like I, I start out doing it on Friday, Um, And this weekend, actually, it worked out because, like, we were done eating by 8 o'clock on Friday night. So, oh, no, we weren't. Oh, my God. I just, like, blatantly lied to you guys. (laughs) We ate at Il Brocco on fucking Friday night. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to lie. There was some other, like, I think on Sunday or something, we were done eating by 8. And so I was able to, like, get back into that fasting routine um, on Sunday. But anyway, basically, I'm not planning to do it over the weekends at all. And, you know, during the week, like if shit comes up, then shit comes up. But um, I'm just going to do it as many days during the week as I can. And what's really funny is like the whole reason that I was super drawn to it is because I don't usually eat breakfast. Like most days I get up and I'm like doing stuff and working and all of that. And I look up and it's like 1130 And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll just wait until noon to eat and then like just call that lunch. And I never thought anything of it. But now that I'm like willingly like choosing to have that schedule and also like stopping eating at 8 p.m., like I'm fucking starving in the mornings. So it's taking a little bit of getting used to. And I've never looked more forward to my morning coffee Um, that's the only thing that I have when I wake up, I wake up and I have black coffee and I put a little bit of sugar-free vanilla syrup in there, like two pumps. And then I'll do, um, a scoop of collagen peptides. And like, I'm sure according to the intermittent fasting rules that is not allowed, but I'm like, listen, this is what works for me. I'm going to do it my way and I will break my fast at fucking noon. Okay. All right, let's get into the next segment, which is a new segment that for now I'm going to call Complaints of the Week. You guys, can I just say, I know that I complain a lot, but I don't go out looking for things to complain about. I really don't. I have an overall very positive approach to life. I love good energy. I love good vibes. I love cultivating both of those things however I can. But that doesn't mean that other people aren't stupid. And it doesn't mean that, you know, establishments and restaurants don't fuck things up and make you angry. And so I just feel like there's so much to complain about, which sucks and is really disappointing. But also, like, let's make it funny and also maybe educational for people as well. So my two complaints this week have to do with two restaurant establishments slash eateries. The first one is Benny's Bagels. And I think months ago I talked about how, I can't remember if I talked about, like for a second, Benny's Bagels was our new go-to bagel spot. And then very quickly as these things happen, we started to realize that the bagels weren't all that great. Like they're very fat and very, very doughy. Like I love a doughy bagel, but these were like, essentially felt like it was a big doughy roll cut in half with cream cheese on it. So we ventured out and we started to look for different bagels in the area. 
on Saturday morning, all I wanted was a bagel. I, I had intermittent fasted all week and I was ready to, uh, you know, have the my one joy in life via an everything bagel with cream cheese. So Zach was already out running some errands. And so he was like, I'm going to go to Benny's Bagels. I know that we don't go there anymore, but I'm close to it and it's convenient for me. So he went to Benny's and the line was out the door as it always is. And by the time he got up there, they were pretty much out of everything except for Asiago, which would never be my choice ever. The only bagels that I eat are everything garlic and like I will have a plain or honey wheat if it's literally the only kind left and I am fucking desperate and starving. But Zach just panicked. And so he got two Asiago cheese bagels for us with cream cheese and brought them home. And I am not exaggerating. I wish I had taken a picture or video or something. They weren't cooked. Like those bagels were not baked by any stretch of the imagination. I could tell immediately taking them out of the bag, they they were pale as fuck. And then literally we opened them and I felt like I was on Great British Baking Show and I was like Paul Hollywood, but literally like I pressed on the dough with my fingers and it was raw. It was absolutely fucking raw. And I, I mean, we just stood there like, why did we do this? We know that we don't like Benny's. Of course this happened. Like, what the fuck? Why is there always a goddamn line out the door when this is the kind of shit that they're serving? So that sucked and we threw them away because they were legitimately unedible. And I just went up to Einstein's and I got us everything bagels and they were fantastic. My second complaint is another eatery. And I feel like it's probably just going to be eateries. I will never complain about a person or anything uh, super personal. So I said that we went to Fort Worth on Sunday for the Cirque du Soleil show. And it was at Dickie's Arena. And the only thing around Dickie's Arena, the only place to eat is Taco Heads. Now, there was a Taco Heads here, very close to our house off of Henderson. It didn't last. I think I only ate there like maybe once or twice. I don't remember. I, I mean, I don't think it was great or awful like it it just wasn't memorable but literally this is the only place near the Dickies arena to eat and so that's why we were sure to get there an hour before the show so we could just take our time and have tacos and then go to the one o'clock show and we got there and from moment one we just were like this is probably not a good idea. It took a really long time to get our waters and we put our our food in with her right away. We each got two tacos and they were breakfast tacos. So it was literally egg and chorizo and egg and like uh, hash brown potatoes, more or less. We ordered at 12.05. We did not get our food until 12.45. It was just so the whole fucking thing it it was just like the universe was laughing at us for trying to be prepared and like get there with enough time like there were people there but it wasn't crowded it wasn't like completely like every single inch of that place was seated or anything like that at all and we noticed around us the same was happening like 
this man and woman came in and it took them 15 minutes to get water. Um, and we noticed like chips and dips being delivered to people's tables. And then like 30 minutes after that, their food was delivered. I mean, I don't know what's happening there, but it was a shit show. And so like at 1235, the waitress came by and she was like, I don't know what's going on. It should be out soon. And Zach was like, okay, well, we're just going to go ahead and like pay now. So when we get them, we can eat them and like leave and not deal with the check. And we paid. And at 1245, literally they still weren't there. And we were about to get up and leave. Just like, this isn't worth it. This was like totally fucked. We'll just have to get some like, like, gross nachos at Tiki's Arena to watch during Cirque du Soleil. And right when we were about to get it from the table, the tacos came out. Um, They were awful. They were ice cold, all four of them. The hash brown potatoes that Zach had gotten in his were like, they literally look like the Ortega, like frozen potatoes that, you know, you make at home. They were barely cooked. And there was no flavor to any of the tacos. Like they were the most simple fucking tacos, which I love simple tacos. That's how I always want them. But like at least with some good seasoning or like something going on, it was just to wait for 40 minutes for those tacos was an abomination. And I'm like, I guess the only reason that they stay in business is because they're like the only place to eat maybe it was a bad day maybe we caught them on a really horrible horrible day I don't know but um it was just ridiculous and really put a bad taste in our mouths literally and figuratively all right I'm done with complaining so let's move into part two where I talk about what I've been reading watching and listening to so I am flying through book three and a half of the A Court of Thorns and Roses series. It's the 233-pager called A Course, A Court of Frost and Starlight. It's been such a nice break reading a really short book because all of her books are incredibly long and I, I should be done with it here in a few days. You know, people told me that it was a super light read and it absolutely is. And I'm really enjoying that. On... Thursday night when Zach was out of town after I got home from hanging out with Whitney, I wanted to watch something, but I just didn't know. It's really hard in a relationship because it's like, what is something I could watch that I know for sure would not interest Zach? And that's like a really hard thing to find. But I came across The Patient on Hulu that stars my husband forever, Steve Carell, and Dom Nall Gleason. I think that's how you say his name. He's been in so much stuff. He's Brandon Gleason's son. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch one episode and just see what I think. And um, I probably won't like it. And I watched all five that were out at the time. Like I flew through them. They're short episodes. They're like, you know, 22 minute episodes. And it is a fucking thriller. Basically, the plot is that Steve Carell's character is a psychiatrist and Domhnall Gleeson's character is his patient. And uh, he's a lot more than Steve Carell could have ever bargained for. And he kidnaps Steve Carell to help him. 
And that is the premise without giving anything away, but it's very dark, it's very intense, and it's very well done. Like, I love it so much, and I feel really bad that I got ahead of myself and watched all of it while Zach wasn't here because I know that he would really, really enjoy it. A new episode just actually, I think, released today. So I'm just kind of like considering what to do here. Like, do I rewatch it with Zach so we can watch the rest of it together? Do I just keep going about it alone? I don't know. I don't know what to do. But all I can tell you is that if you're into legitimate thrillers and like um, psychological thrillers, like... uh, very literally a psychological thriller, then I think you would really, really like it. It's super fucked up. Um, and uh, Domhnall Gleeson is amazing. He is so fucking good. Like, I can hardly believe that it's him because they dyed his hair black and he has such a good American accent. It's pretty, like, it's very transformative and uh, it's it's really, really good. And then, of course... Always, always waiting on pins and needles for the new episodes of House of the Dragon every Sunday. I think we all were a little weirded out with the time jump in this past Sunday's episode. I knew about it because I had heard through the grapevine that that was going to happen by episode five or six. So, you know, as much as like I already miss little Rhaenyra and little Alicent, I think that the older versions of them were incredibly well cast and I'm excited to see how it all plays out. I also totally fell for the marketing um, at the beginning of the episode where they plug the official House of the Dragon podcast. Um, It's really good, you guys. Really good. Like if you nerd out on TV shows and you're nerding out on House of the Dragon, I highly recommend it. It's hosted by the this uh, man and woman, Jason and Greta, and they have separate podcasts as well that I don't listen to, but um, they're really good co-hosts and they just break down every episode in detail right after it airs. And because it's because it's HBO, they have on actors, they have on showrunners, they have on screenwriters. So every episode, like the latter half of it, they have a really legitimate interview with someone involved with the show. Like this past week, or is it this past week? No, I'm sorry. I think like for episode four, they had Sir Christian Cole on to talk about that episode. And it was a really funny, good interview. So I'm a thousand percent nerding out on that shit. And um, yeah, I highly recommend it if you are House of the Dragon fan. Okay, guys, we are heading into part three. I actually have a few listener emails today that I am going to answer. And this is just a reminder that while this is not an advice podcast at all, that's not what it is based off of. My inbox is always open. So if you have a question that you want answered or you want to engage somehow via the podcast, email me at TWESpodcast at gmail.com. And that direct link is always going to be in the show notes in case you forget it and want to send an email. So today's first listener email says, first of all, I could definitely see us being friends in real life. As strange as that sounds, I feel so connected in all you share with us. Maybe it has something to do with that I'm also getting married in the upcoming months. I also have an older sister with a baby, a very emotionally and physically connected family, etc. 
And by the way, your Let's Get Physical episode really resonated with me when you were talking about ebbs and flows of intimacy. However, my question, technically my second advice question from you, has to do with my job. I'm a clinical pharmacist, which I describe to people as basically a nurse practitioner, but I only manage chronic diseases like diabetes and hypertension. I've been working at a large safety net hospital for the past four and a half years, my first job out of pharmacy school and residency. Due to COVID, a terribly unaware boss and burnout, I started looking for a new gig. As I started my search, we got a new boss, someone who is much more aware of our day-to-day job and wants to improve our circumstances as she knows we've been pretty neglected for the past few years. I recently received an offer from one of my applications, and after the interview, I got a stomach-sinking feeling that this was not the move for me. It's not a bad job. It could, it could have some perks that I don't have now, like working from home, etc. I think in my mind, I still love my job, but I'm so cautious about if all of these good things will happen that the new boss is promising. The new company wants an answer soon, so I need help as soon as possible. How can I narrow down what I should do? Should I wait for more jobs to apply to? Oh, and I'm also waiting to find out about the pay difference too. So I think that will sway me if it's a big difference. Thanks. Girl, you answered your own question here. I mean, the fact that you got a stomach sinking feeling that this new job offer was not the move says it all. Like you have to trust that gut instinct. I mean, you sent this to me a week ago, so you've probably already made some sort of decision since then. But just assuming that you haven't, I would say that it sounds like you need to stick with your current job and give this new boss a chance to see how they run things, if there are really big improvements and all of that, and then kind of go from there. I mean, it sounds like you know exactly what the hell you're doing and that you are the kind of employee that any organization would be very lucky to have on their staff. So yeah, I would just trust that initial feeling you got that it it's not time and it's not right to move on to the next job unless, since you've written this to me, they did come back with a much bigger salary than the job you're at now. That's probably going to make the decision a lot harder But at the end of the day, you just have to go with your instinct. I mean, that's what it's there for. And it also sounds like you're not going to have trouble getting a new job and moving along in your career if this new boss doesn't pan out and you see no improvements that you have been wanting. That is my advice to you. Okay, the next listener email says, Hi, Emma, I'm back again with another practical and maybe kind of boring question I would love to get your thoughts on. We are hoping to redo our kitchen in the future, and I've been intrigued by induction cooktops and know you have one. I've heard they're great for cooking, but have a bit of a learning curve and require certain pans. How do you like yours? If you were designing a kitchen, would you choose it over a gas stove? Would love to hear any pros and cons you can think of. Love the podcast and look forward to it every week. Thanks again. Hey, girl. I love this question. It's so specific, and I don't think I've ever been asked like a home question, so this is really fun. So yes, um, we have an induction stovetop. It was not my choice. It was um, picked by Zach and his former person before I ever set foot into this house, and I will tell you that there definitely is a learning curve, but it gets better. It's not my first choice whatsoever. I 
have always cooked on gas stoves and I love it. Like I, I need to see the actual flame uh, light up. That is the way that I like to cook. And I think that's how you get like the best cook. All that to say, once I got over the kind of hump with the induction stove, I, you know, I have a down pat now and everything's great. Um, But yeah, I would say the biggest thing about induction stoves is it heats up so much faster than a gas stove. I would say like any recipe that's like, oh, put it on high, I put it on like medium high. Any any recipe that's like, put it on medium heat, I put it like low to medium because I have just ruined so many things by not doing that. The the magnetism between the stovetop and the pans just creates this very intense heat. Um, So you have to be super careful with that. As far as the right kind of pans go, Yeah, I'm pretty sure that like, you know, they suggest doing stainless steel everything, but I will tell you that I use the Our Place pan that was like super fucking popular last year and everyone like hates it now (laughs) um, as these things go. But um, I use that on the induction stove and it works really well. And I think like at one point I had tagged them in a story where I was cooking and I like wasn't sure that I should even be using it on an induction stovetop and they were like no like we designed all of our stuff to work with induction so I think that they're like suggestions but I don't think there are any like super hard and fast rules I think that you can probably have a few different types of pan material to cook with I would just obviously like really google that and look into it but I I can tell you from personal experience that I use the always pan from our place and other than that it's stainless steel or cast iron but a fun fact about me is that I fucking hate cooking in cast iron skillets so much I just think it's so messy and terrible and I hate it for the last email it's actually not a question it's a follow-up from a few episodes ago where I answered um this listener question about um she was moving in with her boyfriend and she was moving in with her kids and her boyfriend and wondering like how much she should expect her boyfriend to be involved in terms of you know basically acting like a dad and helping out with the kids and reprimanding them and picking them up and dropping them off and all of that I rarely ever get like a follow-up from people when they send in questions so I thought it'd be fun to share her follow-up So she said, hi, I meant to reply to this and thank you for answering my question for a few weeks now, but this is a belated thanks. Your advice was very helpful. It often feels like everyone in my life has their own experience with this situation. Many of my many of my friends are parents. My sisters both have kids, etc. So people all have opinions on how I should handle moving in with my boyfriend based on their experience as a parent rather than seeing it as a relationship question, which is what it is to me. So I appreciated your perspective that this is about starting a family. It's sort of starting a family on steroids, but it is starting a family. My boyfriend and I have had several conversations about this as well. I know he wants and expects to fully take part in family life, and he's always diligent about doing his share with the kids when we are together. But I'm also aware that he won't really know what he's getting into until he's into it, you know? I don't want to set him up to fail by expecting too much. Anyway, thanks so much for answering my question, and best of luck with the final push of wedding planning and then your wedding. So, um, Hey girl, I'm so, I'm so happy that you found it helpful. And like, that's 
really what I'm here for in terms of like, if you ever write into me, it's, you know, it's a totally unbiased reaction because the beauty of it all is that I don't know you personally. I don't know the situation personally. So it's like, I'm taking it for what it is at face value. And maybe that will give you some sort of clarification that you can't get from yourself or other people in your life. Speaking of her talking about um, the final push with wedding planning and all of that. So next week, I want to make it a final wedding question extravaganza. So I am going to open the floor to you guys via probably like my Emma's thing Instagram because that's where I get the most engagement um, to have you guys send in any and all of your wedding questions about um, what I would have done differently, what um, I am doing, uh, just anything, anything that you can think of. So be on the lookout for that question box. I will put that up probably, I'll probably actually put it up on Sunday um, so you guys can start sending in your questions and I can get them all, uh, you know, organized and everything in order to record next Tuesday. And until then, I'm just going to be trying to stay calm and keep making lists and checking things off those lists. And I thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode and all of the episodes that you listen to. You can always follow me on Instagram at Emma's Thing or the That's What E Said, the podcast Instagram. I'm not super good at keeping that updated. I'm trying. I feel like I might have jumped the gun with uh, like creating a completely different account for the podcast, but that's neither here nor there. And as always, if you enjoy my podcast, share it with friends, family, coworkers that you think would also get a kick out of it. And don't be afraid to leave a five-star rating on either Spotify or Apple or both and leave a written review on Apple. It's always so lovely to read y'all's kind words. And with that, I hope everyone has a great rest of their week and an amazing weekend. And I will talk at you next Thursday. Bye.